What is going on, guys? Welcome to Real Men Talk. Today, we're going to be talking about obedience. Yeah, I said it, obedience. We're going to be talking about how the obedience in the Lord can bring about our calling. We talk about David today in the epic fight between David and Goliath. Let's get started on Real Men Talk. Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts. What's going on, guys? Hey, so, guys. What's happening? What's up, Kyler? Are you doing all right today? I'm doing great. He's going to forget me. I had to put myself in there. <laughs> I was not going to forget you. Sure. <laughs> that was my next line. Ah, yes. I love podcasting. This is great. I love you guys. I love all of our listeners. This is, this is great. Today, we're going to be talking about obedience and uh, the journey of obedience and so if you want to follow along you go to first uh, Samuel chapter 17 is where we're going to be um, talking out of today and uh, I am in the NLT version so if you see anything like that you'll you'll know but um, you know have you ever have you ever wondered obedience you know you, you know we've talked before about you know like Saul, and, um, you know, how, you know, the epic story about Samuel coming to him, you know, and telling him, you know, hey, you know, actually it just happened prior to this. But, um, the, you know, go, God told him, go kill all these people and all this stuff. And he brings back all these animals, you know, and, and he tells him, he said, obedience is better than sacrifice. And, um, and oftentimes we like sacrifice better than we do uh, obedience. You know, obedience is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be tough to deal with. It's, it, sometimes it's hard. It's, um, it's struggling, it, you know, it's, it, you can struggle to, to be obedient at times. I know that sounds sad, but it's, I mean, it's true. Um, you know, because it's never the easy road ever, ever. It's never the easy road and it's aggravating because it's not the easy road. And, uh, and sometimes we're asked to do things and, and, you know, and as we get talking about David and, and all these David was anointed to be king. Okay. So I want to, I want to, I want to paint this picture because we've all been here. Every one of us have some kind of a calling on our lives. Whatever it is, God has got a purpose for you, right? David's just happened to be, he was going to be the king of Israel, right? You know, no big deal. And, uh, you know, he was just going to be king and, uh, small task, (laughs) small task, you know, Get it yeah. done in a day. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, you know, whatever. No biggie. And so, but he, so he's, he's asked, he's asked to be, he was been anointed as king, you know, which is kind of a crazy story to begin with because his dad was kind of a jerk about it, right? You know, Samuel comes in to anoint him as king and he lays out all these sons, um, you, you know, and, Samuel goes through, he's like, nope, not you, not you, not you, not you, you know, and finally he gets down and he's like, you have any other sons? You know, and he, here you have David out in the field and he like, he didn't even think of him. What kind of, what kind of dirt bag, <laughs> you know, kind of thing is that? You know, yeah, I've got this son out here, but he's nobody, you know, like why in the world would you ever want to anoint him as king, you know, kind of thing. Right. And, um, and yeah, but of course we know that he was God anointed him to be king. And, and so at this point in first Samuel, first Samuel chapter 17, you know, he's been, he's been anointed king for a while. And, um, and so I, I want to paint this picture. You had this calling or we'll relate it to David first. 
David's anointed a king, right? Comes in. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, right in front of everybody, in front of his dad, in front of all of his brothers, anointed king. And then right afterwards, he's sent back out to the field like it was literally no big deal. Get back to work. Yeah. You know, like, okay, nobody really cares that you were anointed king. You have a job to do. And while his brothers are out, you know, going to war and following Saul and doing all these things, David's in the field, you know, and imagine knowing that God has this calling on your life, you know, for him to be anointed king and nobody cares. Mm. Right? I mean, you you know, in the back of your mind, you're out there with sheep, you know, slaying lions and, you know, bears. And, you know, I can, I can picture, because we know the story of David and Goliath, right? We're, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about it. But we know, you know, he takes that slingshot, right? He probably used that slingshot a, a million times a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else are you going to do out there, right? Yeah, watching sheep. What else are you going to do? It, you know, you want to talk about boring job. You know, and so he gets out there and he's just he's just watching the sheep. Knowing that he's been anointed king. But I I, I want to I want to point this out. He went out there to watch the sheep, knowing he was anointed king. Mm-hmm. Think about that. You, 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 it never, and I'm sure it, it had to be, it had to be in the back of his mind. It had to be there, right? I mean, we're all human, right? Right? It can't just be me, right? Like, I'd be out there and be like, what the heck am I doing out here with these daggum sheep when I'm, I'm anointed to be king? Why am I not out there with Saul? Why am I not, you know, like king in training kind of thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, that's just peasant work. What am I out here for? Yeah. You're going to be the flipping king, yes. you know, of an entire nation. I mean, and you're out here with sheep. Yeah. Of God's chosen nation. I mean, they've seen, I mean, they've had kings ahead of this. So they, he, he knows what the life of a king is like. And then he's going to go back to just like a regular day. Like you said, like, you know what, Jesse, get back to work now. Yeah. You know, and, and it's okay. like, it's like, yeah. But then at the same time, he went out there and watched some sheep. Knowing he was anointed a king. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, we see the obedience of David. Right? Here we, we know that God has got a calling. All right, so let's let's revert this to sometimes we just have to be obedient. Mm-hmm. Right? We have callings on our, on our lives. We have things that God has asked us to do. And we're hungry to do it. I, I'm the world's worst, right? I am so impatient right now. I'm de- I am dealing with this. Like I like I want I want I want to stick it in the microwave and be done in two minutes. Like I want. <laughs> I told somebody perfect example of a microwave society here, right? I told somebody I'm in January, but I want July's effects, right? <laughs> like I want it. I want it to be here now. You know, and uh, I, I am the world's worst when it comes to that kind of stuff because I am so impatient. And, um, and yeah, you, you know, and but the truth is, is that sometimes, sometimes God has called us to be 
well, not sometimes, always, God has called us to be obedient, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means to wait. Yes. And there's purpose in that, right? Think about, think about David sitting in that field again with this slingshot over and over and over. Probably, probably aggravate. He had to have times of, you know, of aggravation. He, he had to hit him sometimes, you know. Right. He's human. Right. You, you know, probably aggravated. You know, he's probably sitting up, you know, blocks or whatever. What, whatever he had out there on top of the sheep's head, you know. Probably hitting he, a few sheep. <laughs> yeah. You know, th- throwing them rocks. Know. You know, the, using that slingshot, you know, probably aggravated, you know, the, he, all this good stuff. And yet, yeah, he did it. He was, he followed the obedience. Sometimes kicking and screaming, right? You know, we don't have to like to be obedient, but we have to be obedient. Yes. You know, and um, and so we are, ourselves have got a calling on our lives. And sometimes that calling takes time to, it's like a pregnancy. You know, mm-hmm. and I know this is this is a men's podcast, but it's true. It's it's probably about the best, best way to. Um, best analogy. Yeah, best analogy for it. You know, is God has birthed something in us. Mm-hmm. And it takes time to grow. It takes yes. time to mature. Uh, mature. Yes. And the journey is the important part. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, we're not. God needs us to be a certain place. And he needs us. He has a plan for our lives. But that plan also includes the journey. We can't get to the very end without going through everything that he needs us to get to, to get to the purpose. And that was where David was at. He knew that he had to get through all these different things because as we continue to look at first Samuel uh, chapter 17, you're going to see all the different trials and tribulations and temptations and things that he had to go through. Like David was a rare case. Like he got to know his ending. His, his end goal was to be king. Mm-hmm. And he would go off to do, you know, great things as king. But he he pretty much got to know the very ending at the beginning of when he was just a shepherd. God's like, I'm going to anoint you as king. Right. But then he had to stop and he had to wait. And that was the that was the process that he had to go through. He couldn't you can't just take a shepherd. I mean, God can, but he he wouldn't. You can't just take a shepherd and put him in a king's palace. That's right. Because one, he didn't have the trust of the people. He didn't know how to do anything. I mean, he was a shepherd. That was the lowliest of lowly of jobs back in the Old Testament. I mean, mm-hmm. that was like pretty much, I mean, and you can look, like you said earlier, at Jesse's reaction when he was looking at all the kids. He's like, I ain't got no more kids. I mean, well, I got one out there. He's tending to the flocks. I mean, he's he's a shepherd, but that's about all he does. He's not good for anything else. I mean, and that's what, I mean, kind of look at it nowadays. If you see, if anybody watches a Hallmark movie, you would know. I mean, if you are an old <laughs> Southern country boy, no one thinks you can do anything. Okay, Mm -hmm. so kind of same analogy here, but what the point is, is he he has to go through all these different things. And that's the whole process was he had to be patient and obedient. He had to just sit and he had to just wait. And that's something that when I married into um, the BB family is I was always taught simple obedience. It doesn't matter what you do. Just always do it with simple obedience. And that didn't mean that David didn't have trials. He didn't like, you know, throw a stone at a sheep and be like, well, if you were all dead, I could probably go back to the king's palace over here now because this job's done. But he had to go through the whole process. He had to go through the journey in order to get to the end point. And that's a, a lot of his life is, was spent just waiting on the process, waiting on God to, to just kind of let him go. And it's kind of a, th- a theme in the Old Testament was waiting on God and the patience that they had, and we don't have it anymore. 
we want, like Anthony said, we want to put it in the microwave, let it be done after five minutes. I mean, last mm-hmm. night I had a really good, uh, what was it? Chicken, cheese, and rice or something like that. Some type of Asian meal. Not chicken, cheese, and rice. Some type of Asian meal. Popped it in the oven for, or microwave five minutes, and I was eating five minutes later. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want, and that's the hard part. And, as da- and David Shoes, you're probably right. He probably sat out there and was like, all right, can I, can I go off and be king now? No? Okay, I'll just wait. Yeah. But that obedience, man, and you look at the, you look at the growth. Okay. So I, I, or I, I imagine the growth of where he was at when he was anointed as king, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we know that when he got to Saul, you know, that Saul asked him to put on, you know, all the armor and different things like that. You know, he's like, I, I, I can't. He's like, you don't understand. You, you don't understand what, what God has brought me through, right? This mm-hmm. is this is what he's telling Saul. You know, I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear with his bare hands, right? Yes. And the growth, the trust that came out of obedience. Think, think about that. Just, just out of obedience. Sometimes God allows us to delay our, and it's not even really delay. He's maturing us. Yes. Right. Just, just like the baby in a mother's womb is maturing. He's maturing us through this process of obedience. One, we learn obedience, right? Which we have to learn because we don't, we, we don't do that, especially right. men, right? We don't, we do not like obedience. You know, two, two, um, you know, he's, he's teaching us. To, to trust him, right? So as things happen, as as you go through and and all these things begin to take place, you you learn to trust God. So this past Sunday school, we were talking about this lady. It was it was kind of uh, you know she's like man, she's like I, I just don't know. I'm just angry all the time, and da 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 da. And uh, one of the my co teacher in there, she she drew this analogy, and she had this this circle, and it had a C in it. She's like, this is everything you can control, right? This is this is everything you can control. She drew a circle on the outside of it. She's like, this is everything that you cannot control. Right. And she's talking about, you know, you, you know, things like uh, people dying and things like, you, you know, there, there are things that, that you that are out of your control. Mm-hmm. Right. You you have absolutely no control. You control what you can. Yes. You can't control these things. She said and these things that you can't control. And she drew a bigger circle around that. She said, you move this to the outer and give it to God. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes the reason why we don't move that stuff from the inner circle to the outer circle of God is because we don't trust God with it. Right. Right. And so God's trying to teach us. He's like, Hey, I got you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, um, do you ever do trust falls with your dad? No, oh, I try not to. <laughs> well, not now, but I mean, <laughs> I like when like, you were a kid, pick me up now. <laughs> <laughs> I, he'd probably forget what we're doing at this point in time. But dad, yeah. Did a trust fall. What? what? Uh, yeah. yeah. Falling. He's like using the bathroom or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, sorry, I had to pee again. <laughs> He's not in town right now, so I can say this. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but you know, like like kids and their fathers, you know, they they do these trust falls. The first time that they they go to do it, right? And they're like super nervous. And they're like, Dad, I don't I don't know about I don't this. I don't you. know. Yeah, you know, or like jumping off the the edge into the pool, right? The the first time, you know, you could see them. They're like, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know. And then finally, you you're able to talk them into it, and they realize that you're going to catch them. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like, like they just like, poof, 
he's going, I can trust that he's going to catch me. And then they don't stop, yeah. right? Then they're like, oh, put me back up there so they can Let's jump off. Do it off. again, do it again, do it yeah, again. Yeah, you know, and then they just jump, jump, jump. Why do they keep jumping? Because they trust you, right? They, yeah. they know daddy's going to catch me. Yes. Right? And it's the same thing. God, God has got to teach us to trust him. Mm-hmm. Trust doesn't come easy for, for any of us. You know, because all of us have been wounded at one point. All of us have, have had things that have happened to us that has, has hurt our trust in people, um, and persons, you know, you, whatever, whatever that is, you know, you just fill in the blank. But God is teaching. He's like, Hey, I, I, I know, I know that you're nervous. I know that, that you have trust issues. I know you have all this, but I got you. Mm-hmm. Right. So this process of learning obedience is actually learning trust in God. Yes. Right? So we learn this trust, and then obedience follows. Does that make sense? Yes. I also think sometimes, kind of retracking for a little bit, that sometimes we think, you know, we're going back to that diagram where we don't want to trust God with it, but sometimes I think that we think we are mature enough to handle it on our own. Like we think that, and that this can go two ways. Either we think that we are mature enough in our flesh, just in general, like we, I'm 30 years old, I can handle this. Mm -hmm. Or we're mature enough in our spirit where we're like, you know, I've gone through stuff. I think I can handle this. Mm -hmm. And the hard part with that is that we take God out of the equation altogether. Right. No matter where we're at. I mean, even, even if you have walked a hard life and you've trusted God through many different things and you are, you're still trying to, the problem is you stop seeking him out mm-hmm. and it goes back to the scripture. Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open. We always have to have that seek. And he put seek in the middle because that's, that's the process. Seek has to be the middle part. We have to seek God's counsel. We have to seek God's wisdom. We have to seek God's maturity. And, and, and I don't want to say, I mean, I do want to say we have to seek his approval and it's not because we, we, God doesn't love us enough to always give us his approval, but it's because that we want to know that we're doing right. We want to make sure that we are walking in his footsteps. It's almost like having, uh, this is going to sound weird. So I used to travel with a choir around the United States and we toured in Cuba once and uh, we always did devotions. And one guy was like, you know, it's really hard, but you always need to have accountability buddy. Somebody who is your buddy for your accountability. Right. And you're able to accountability buddy. And that's where God wants to be along our journeys. Cause our journey to maturity is always having that, that, person who's like our checkpoint like hey am i doing the right thing and sometimes we we think that we are too mature and you'll see this a lot later on in david's life you will because he will make mistakes and he's going to go through and he's going to think that he is far enough along that he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. um and we talked a little bit about this in the last podcast about saul and he thought he was mature enough too but it can go vice versa so when when you go to make a decision about your maturity you need to think of it in both of those ways am i doing this because i think oh i'm 30 years old i'm mature enough i can do this or do i think i'm i am mature enough in my spiritual walk to make this decision for myself and then go back to your accountability and ask yourself the same thing sorry that was a little side note there yeah no it's good it's good so we're going to take a little break when we come back we're going to we're going to show what david's obedience did for him we're right back up to this. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis. 
and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. Excuse me, the door to heaven is locked. Could I have the key, please? Sir, you have to go through judgment first. Judgment? That's where we review your entire life for all impure thoughts and actions. Will this take long? Well, we do have express judgment. That's where you simply pick a date on which you didn't sin. Just pick a date? Okay, Christmas Day last year. Sorry, you used the Lord's name in vain. On Christmas Day? You were golfing. Oh. Now, sir, if you'll just stand over that trap door. Wait, wait, wait. What about um, June 1st this year? I'm sorry, you had covetous thoughts. June 2nd. Covetous thoughts. 3rd. Covetous thoughts. 4th. Fifth, sixth, listen, there's a two-month period you can forget about when your next-door neighbor bought a new car. Oh, come on, guy. Can't you give me a break? You were given a break. Jesus died to pay the penalty of your sins for you. However, you never acknowledged him as Lord of your life, and now you must pay that penalty yourself. Could you move left a little? Here? Thank you. Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at lifelinepro.com. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the show with Anthony and Kyler. All right, guys, welcome back. So before we started talking about obedience, and we're talking, you know, David in the field and different things like that. So I want to I want to move to chapter 17. Okay, and we see where the Philistine army is now chasing the uh, the Israelites. And, uh, you, you know, you have um, their David's or, or Jesse's sons are, are, are there. They're fighting. You know, you have this Goliath comes on the scene. You know, he's he's the, the champion from Gath. And, you know, he pulls out, you know, uh, you, you know, he's got talks about how his his armor and all this stuff weighed 125 pounds. This guy was just massive. You know, he's supposed to be like this nine foot, 10 foot giant. And and um, he was like the dude, right? Uh, like there was, there was not going to be anybody, you know, he's mocking God. He's doing all this stuff. So Jesse sends David and and here's the thing. When we talk about obedience now, know that at this point, again, David is anointed to be King. Jesse sends him to take his brother's food. Who's fighting in the army. Now, I'm going to say that again. Jesse sent David to bring his brother's food who was fighting in the army. David's anointed to be king. Jesse's, uh, his brothers were fighting in the army. And so you see David do this. You see him take them food. And what does he discover when he gets there? Right. First off, his brother was like, what the heck are you doing here? Right. And um, but he hears Goliath mock God. Mm. And, 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 you know, and I could just imagine just something, you know, just stirring up in him. 
In verse 26, it says, David asked the soldiers standing by, what will a man get for killing the Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? I mean, think think about that boldness, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, just, I mean, I can almost feel like that anger that that is just swelling up at him. Like, who in the world is this guy, right? So, so we see David's obedience out in the field led to obedience to taking food to his father or to his brothers, led to his opportunity to fight Goliath. Think about that. His obedience in the field led to his obedience to take his brother's food, which led to his opportunity to fight Goliath that changed the course of his life forever. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, there there are some interesting things that that have that happened here that we need to we need to understand. David knew who he was. Right. So you see, you know, he's like, I'm going to fight this guy. You know, we were talking a little bit about it before the break. I'm going to fight this guy. I'm taking him on. I'm sick of this happening. You know, and they're like, they're like, no, you can't do it. You're just a boy. You know, he's like, no, seriously, take me to the king. Right. Notice when he approached the king, he didn't go, hey, I'm the one anointed to be king. Right. He. This he he never he never mentioned that he never approached that nothing mm-hmm. he understood Saul to be the king of Israel he respected Saul as the king of Israel okay so his obedience has led here which led to his respect for the king now the king put it, tried to put his armor on him and David understood who he was he's like no this doesn't work for me this is not how I fight. This is not how God has taught me to fight. This, this is not it. This is not who I am, right? So through his obedience, he, he encountered Saul, who tried to change who he was, right? But in his obedience, through I should say through his obedience, he found his identity in Christ. You know, that paints a really cool picture, going back to what you're talking about, the armor. How many times do we try to... to uh, we're going through a season, we're going through a hard time, and we put on all these antics. We listen to so many voices. We listen to so many different things that just just weigh us down. Mm-hmm. I mean, we hear all these outside voices. You know, you must have done this, or you need to pray like this, or you need to say these things, or you need to do these things. And, I mean, I'm going through that season right now. There's so many voices that are telling me how to handle situations. And I love how David is like, no, I can't fight like this. I can't fight like all these different things. All he needed was the simplicity and the obedience that he knew and that he had always done. And that's where we need to we need to be like him in the in this one situation. Is when when we when people come to attack us, when people try to put all these different things on us and they like to shove all their theology and all their antics and all their, you know, this is how you pray or this is how you should pray or these are the steps you should follow or all these different things, is we have to remember that that God has called us to simple obedience. He has called us just to to live by the word, to speak the word. We have everything that we need for battle inside of God, inside of what he has done for us. And I think that paints a really good picture, especially of how we need to handle situations. Yes, absolutely. 
Absolutely. So, so you have David who's in this situation because of his obedience, right? Mm-hmm. You see him living out his identity in who God has created him to be. They try to change him. They try to give him all this, all, all these different things, all this, uh, um, you, you know, all the, all the, the armor, all these different things. You know, like you were saying, he's like, no, I can't, I can't do this. And he he walks out there, and you see, you see in uh, let's see, what is it? Verse thirty three. This is Saul. It said, "Don't be re- ridiculous." Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's a man of war since his youth. Right? So so not only, again, attacking his identity, mm-hmm. right? You see them, you know, try to put the war, the, the, uh, the, the armor on him. They're telling him, man, you can't do this. There, there's no way. Um, you know, you're not, you're not going to, you're not, you can't, there's no possible outcome where you win there's none you know and so david begins to tell him about you know in verse 35 and 37 you know uh or 35 36 in 37 he you know tells him about how hey look listen i've killed lions i've killed bears you know i i can this philistine is nothing compared to god you know and notice that that he did that it's not it, it it's not he, he didn't compare him to himself mm-hmm. In verse 37, it says, The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will, will rescue me from the Philistine. He had no confidence in and of himself. He had all confidence in God. Mm. Why? Because he had learned to trust God. The process that he had to go through during his obedience brought about the lion, brought about the bear, and when God dis- when God rescued him from him, David, seeing this Philistine, did not see him any different than the challenges of the lion and the bear. We we want the microwave society. We want to be able to put this stuff up in here, but the truth is, we would never truly learn to trust God if we don't go through the journey. Mm-hmm. The obedience teaches. Trust, and trust me, I I, I know that th- this is not easy, right? It sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean that's just all there is to it. It sucks. You know, there are times you're like, okay, I'm ready to give up. I'm right. done. Maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe maybe I'm not really supposed to be doing this. Maybe I, I maybe I've made it up in my my imagination. Maybe th- this is just my feelings. Maybe you know what a, we tell ourselves all kinds of things, right? Yeah. All the voices in my head talk all the time. <laughs> right? All the time. You know, and, and we're going, you know, God's going, just just follow, just, just follow me. Mm-hmm. Just trust me. Yes. I no, got you. And on the flip side, with having obedience to God, it doesn't mean you're not going to get in situations. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. David's obedience got him into a fight with a giant. Right. I mean, he... And, he, and a lion and a bear. And a lion and a bear. I mean, he was doing everything he... well. As far as we know, he was doing everything that he was supposed to be doing, and he was doing it obediently, and it got him into these different things. But he also knew that God got him through all those things. He also relied on God's trust. He knew that, you know what, there's no battle that's too big for my God. And that's what he went in. He was like, I can't, I can't go in with all this crap on me. I already know I've been through battles. I've already done all this. I got this with God 
take all your stuff back. So that's not to say that you're not going to face trials. You're not going to face things in your life. that are not going to be easy when you're, when you're being obedient to God. I mean, the devil is out to seek and devour anything that he can. Anytime that you are doing exactly what the Lord wants you to do when you were in his will, that's when the devil wants to take you out. That's right. So you have to remember that you have all the tools that you need. I mean, you have the word of God. I mean, everything that it talks about when you talk about putting on the armor of God, the sword is the word of truth, and that is God. Mm. And so you have to make sure that you know that word, and you have to know that. And David knew God. He he lived during the Old Testament. He knew exactly what it meant to have God take you through. I mean, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, you know, all the things. <laughs> but you, you have to remember that that obedience does not exclude you from the battles. That's right. That's right. You know, and so you see, you see David go out there. And he picks up five smooth stones. This is verse 40. And he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. And then armed only with a shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Do you know why he picked up five smooth stones? Well, I'm sitting here trying to figure out why he didn't get a jagged one. <laughs> it's just a sharp edge. No? Okay. So so check this out. This, this shows the boldness and the confidence of David. Goliath had four brothers. David ended up killing all five of them in his lifetime. Mm. I mean, I mean, think about that. His confidence right off the bat, he didn't pick up one for David. I always thought he, you know, he picked up for the longest time. I thought he just picked up five just in case he missed the first time. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just in case it doesn't go right. I mean, right. He has a backup. But knowing knowing that he had he had four brothers, David's like, I got all of them. Mm. You know the 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 confidence. You know the the thing. And here's here's another here's another analogy I, I want to put out there. It's not an analogy, but it's comparison. David David was a shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. Goliath. They talk about the armor that Goliath had. Looked like a snake. Mm. His his armor had like these scales that laid over the top of each other, mm-hmm. right? What is when you go back to Genesis? What does it say will happen? Right, it talks about smashing the top of the the head of a snake. Mm-hmm. Right, this is the picture. David didn't even know. This is a picture of what Christ was going to do to Satan when he rose from the dead. To smash the serpent's head, right? Yes. You know, to to me, that's that's so crazy. Of course, David didn't know that. He he had no clue. Again, we go back to his obedience in God, and of course, we know, we know that because of his obedience, in his trust in God, nowhere, nowhere through this through this exchange between David and the Philistine Goliath. Did you ever did did you ever hear David say I'm going to kill you? It's me. It's all about me. I'm going to you know I'm going to do this. I'm going to No. He says He says in verse 45, he said David replied to the Philistine, "You come to me with a sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies and the God of the armies of Israel who you have defiled." Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, 
and then I will give your dead body, the, the dead bodies of the men to the birds of the, and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Mm. I mean, his obedience led to his trust in God. Yes. My point is, is that sometimes we can find ourselves in a place where we don't want to be, and we ask ourselves, why? Why are we here? Mm -hmm. What is going on? I know that God has got a calling on my life. I know that he's got a purpose for me. But why am I here? Why do I have to go through this? And sometimes it's just to teach us simple obedience. Yes. It's to teach us trust. Yes. And then when things come to maturity, when that that birth comes to, or that baby comes to maturity, right? We're talking about the, 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 the birth and, and the baby grown in the mother's womb. When that baby comes to maturity, when that part comes, we, ch- we know that God has got it. Yes, yes. And when you're going through the hard times and when you're challenging on if you're, you need to be obedient, come back to this last, it's verse 47. So First Samuel seventeen forty seven it says, and that is the and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword or spear. And then this is the part to remember: for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hand. The first part: for the battle is the Lord's. That's right. There is not a battle in your life. There is not a part of your journey. There is not a step of obedience that the Lord is not going to be right by your side. You don't go into battle alone. You go into battle with somebody right by your side, and the Lord is by you every step of the way, every part of the journey, every every fault that you think that you made. He already knows it. He loves it, and he's there to sit there and just love on you. And you just have to remember that the battle is the Lord's, and I like how he always uses battle because sometimes battle isn't isn't a bad thing. You know, sometimes it's not going in to conquer. It's just trying to figure out something. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to figure out a strategy. You're trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work, and sometimes you battle with yourself. And no matter what, the consistency there is the battle is the Lord's. So when, when things get hard, when things get tough, go back, highlight this verse, First Samuel 17, verse 47, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give it into your hand. That's it. You know, you want to know what else David's um, obedience brought about? You know, as a kid, hearing this story, I always thought that the rock was guided by God right in between Goliath's eyes. Mm-hmm. But the the sling was David's weapon of choice. How many times, you know, we were talking about, you know, him being out in that that field and him just being bored, right? And just taking that sling and just using it and using it and using it and using it. That process, and and I'm not saying that God can't guide the rock, right? I'm not saying that he didn't have anything to do with it. But David was prepared, Mm -hmm. Right? He was prepared because of his obedience. Yes, his obedience equipped him to win. Yeah. I mean, think about that. You know, and, and so I go back to the this this point when when we find ourselves in these spots where we don't want to be, we don't like the hard. Know that obedience comes from those. When we feel like we're facing lions, we feel like we're facing bears, and we are trying to learn our identity in Christ. 
We're trying to hone in our skills that God has, has given us. There's a Goliath coming. And when that Goliath comes, we'll be ready for him. Mm-hmm. Because of our obedience in the beginning brought about the victory that changed David's life forever. Forever. Nobody even knew who David was before that. And then he had a nation that loved him. It talks about um, after David won, um, you know, they were they were chanting his name. And, uh, you, you know, Saul has killed thousands, but David's killed ten thousands. And, you, you know, and all this stuff. No, nobody even knew him before this. And so know that God has got, God has got a purpose, but the training is just as important. Yes. And the obedience and understanding that God has got you. And so, um, Kyler, you got anything else before we land this plane? I don't, I don't. Okay. Know that, that God loves you. He's got a plan for you. He's preparing you for something great. You, You know, no matter what that looks like and he wants you to succeed. He wants you to succeed as a husband, as a father, as a man. You know, he has he has set a path before you. Follow it. You know, know that, you know, you could, of course, you could, if you've got any questions for us, you know, email us, realmen at palaceofpraise.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and all that good stuff. You know, I, I do want to, uh, to plug the book. So I got a book coming out in April. Uh, framework for biblical masculinity you guys will we will you'll be hearing a lot of that um and so whenever pre-order starts and all that good stuff i'll let you guys know when we have an official release date i'll let you guys know but just know that it's coming and uh, i'm excited for you guys to to have that and so um and as always i want to end in a prayer holy spirit teach us to be leaders of our homes of our communities and of our churches and teach us to be godly courageous men In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmen at palaceofpraise.com or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today. And by the Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk.
If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.